All right, well, if you have your Bible tonight, um, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number four. Ecclesiastes chapter number four. And uh, again, our theme uh, this year for our church is strong and uh, taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And uh, that's something we're going to be looking at this year and really praying and asking God to help us in in some of these areas that we can be strong, uh, be strong in. And um, it's important that... um, we, we just ask the Lord to really give us uh, the strength that we need, um, but that only comes through Him. And, uh, and so tonight we're looking at uh, this title of Strength in Numbers in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse number 9. The Bible says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall, two shall withstand him. And a three-fold cold cord is not quickly broken. And uh, uh, this, is, this is a really interesting passage here as talking about the importance of really... Um, just not being alone, not being uh, by yourself. And when we think of, of ministry, when we think of the church and things, it's important that we understand how important it is uh, that every person is, is vital. Every person is important. Um, sometimes we can get this idea that we don't need anybody, right? Uh, we can just do it alone. We can do it all, of our, all, all ourselves and things. And uh, that, is, that is not true at, at all. And, uh, and so tonight, I want to just kind of bring out some points. Um, uh, I don't know how long this message is going to be. I just really want to kind of just share some things uh, with you tonight about why, uh, why, why it's important that we understand that as a church body and as a body of believers, uh, that there is strength in numbers. Um, and uh, you think about it, obviously, there are different... Um, there are different sports events and sporting uh, groups that uh, you have larger teams, right? If you have a play on a soccer team, you're going to have 11 people playing at one time. If you're on a basketball team, uh, you're going to have five people playing at a time uh, on your team, uh, many different sports. Uh, very few sports have just one individual. Uh, there's a couple. You have tennis, right? But then you can even have tennis doubles and things. You have golf and uh, some events where it's just one person. But when you think about this idea of strength in numbers, I want you to look at what, uh, what this, uh, Solomon says here in verse number 9. He says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Um, this morning we looked at Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord. Um, and in the power of his might. One thing that we have to understand is uh, God's not asking us to live the life that he calls us to by ourselves. Aren't you glad of that? Um, God's not saying, hey, this is what I want you to do, and I'm just going to push you out there on your own, and you're going to be out there all by yourself. Um, I'm glad that no matter where we are, uh, no matter where we're going, no matter what position we're in or 
what position we hold or what country we live in or who we're around, I'm glad that Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? And uh, obviously, we think of uh, missionaries in different countries. Miss Julie's getting ready to go to uh, Ecuador tomorrow, and uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, even though Miss Julie may not be around a lot of our church people or uh, some of our missionaries may not be around their families, I'm glad that God says he'll never leave us or forsake us, no matter where we are. He doesn't just send us out and say, okay, you're out there all by yourself, good luck. I'm glad he always said that he's going to be right there with us, no matter what we're going through, no matter what, what's taking place in our life. And we can be thankful for that, but at the same time, it's encouraging to be around other people, right? Uh, by the way, Miss Julie's not going to Ecuador just to be by herself. She's going to go there, and she's going to work with another missionary family there and try to help and assist in their, uh, in their ministry. Uh, there's strength in numbers. Um, and we wanna, I want to just kind of bring a couple points out tonight about this and thinking about what uh, Solomon has said. Why is, there, why is it important that there is strength in numbers? Why does Solomon say two are better than one? Um, well, I think the most obvious um, especially when you're dealing with a ministry situation, uh, there's strength in numbers because more can get done. More gets done. More is, more is able to be accomplished. Um, when you think about what the Lord has done this past year through, uh, through our church, and um, uh, we, don't, we don't record numbers to be able to say, look at, you know, look at how good we are, but I think it is important to be able to praise God for what He's done, to be able to look back and say, this is what the Lord has done. Um, and I want to share some of those things with you tonight, just as we look at some of the 2022 um, highlights. Um, last year, um, because of the ministry of First Baptist Church, and again, understand that this is not because of one person. This is because of, uh, of us as a body of believers working together uh, for the cause of Jesus Christ. Um, this past year, uh, we had 71 first-time visitors through our church. That's a great number. We praise the Lord for that. Uh, 71 first-time visitors that came through uh, our church that we're able to uh, minister to, um, were able to hear the gospel. Um, some came to know Christ as their Savior. Uh, some are now uh, faithfully coming to the church, um, and we praise the Lord for that. So we had 71 first-time visitors. Uh, in 2022, we had 28 people that accepted Christ as their Savior. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. Um, you say, well, what if it wasn't that many? It'd still be a wonderful thing. Still a wonderful thing, no matter how many get saved. If it's just one person that got saved, that's, that's worth it, right? Um, but praise the Lord, we had 28 people that accepted Christ as their Savior, um, some through the Vacation Bible School, some through the Teen Explosion, some through just the different ministries uh, of the church. And uh, so we thank God for that, those that uh, accepted Christ as their Savior. Um, and by the way, uh, let me just kind of take a step back in dealing with uh, first-time visitors um, can I just encourage you, and our, our church is usually pretty good about doing this, but if you see somebody that's new or maybe you don't recognize, uh, I want to encourage you, um, talk to them, befriend them, uh, get to know them a little bit, right? Uh, how many of you, and maybe this isn't the, the greatest question to ask, but how many of you have ever visited a church and when you were in that service, you just felt like nobody cared that you were even there? You ever been to a church like that? I, I, I've been to a church like that. Right, and that's that's not a that's not a comfortable feeling. That's not a good thing, especially when we're talking about going to the house of God and be with other believers. You you want to enjoy being with them, you know. And uh, um, I don't think um, 
Uh, I don't think anybody could say that about our church. I think our church is very good about that, but I want to encourage you in that area. Um, I remember, and I, I've, I've said this several years back, I don't know if I've mentioned it recently, but I remember when I first came, and this is not a, against um, the, the church or any, anything like that, but I remember I, I had a stack of visitor cards that when I became the pastor that I was going through and uh, just calling people and introducing myself and saying, hey, I'm the new pastor and love to have you come back, love to meet you. And I remember calling this one gentleman, and some of you that have uh, been in the church for a while, you've probably remember me telling this story. But I remember calling this one gentleman, I said, I introduced myself, and I said, hey, I'm the new pastor of the church. I've only been here for uh, a couple of weeks, or maybe it was a couple months at that time. And this is what he said. He said, I'll never come back to that church. Whoa, that's not what you expect to hear. <laughs> I said, well, do you mind if I ask why? He said, I came in, and I sat down, and he said, not one person ever came and talked to me. Not one person ever came and shook my hand. He said, I'll never come back to that church. I said, well, sir, I'm sorry. I said, I, I can guarantee you that will never happen again. Never happen again. And uh, praise the Lord, I think that we've been able to keep that promise that if we have somebody that's visiting our church, a visitor, a first-time guest or somebody, there's always people in our church that are, that are getting around and, and welcoming them and, uh, and saying, you're, we're glad you're here. Uh, but if you notice, you know, sometimes... Let's be honest, right? Sometimes when we come to church, we got our thing, and we're just so keyed in on doing our thing, we don't really care about anything else that's going on around us, right? Come on. I know, I know how that is, right? And sometimes we just have to be a little bit more open. We just have to look around and, and just take a moment and look around the auditorium and say, hey, is there anybody here I don't know? Is there anybody here that, that I don't recognize? Oh, wait a minute. Who's that person over there? I don't recognize them. You know what you ought to do? Go and introduce yourself to them. Go and introduce yourself. Say, hey, I'm not sure if you've been here before, but uh, my name is Andrew, and, and what's your name? Oh, hey, Joe, nice to meet you, Joe. Have you, have you been here before? I'm not sure if I recognize it. Oh, it's your first time. Well, great, wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, it's your second time. I must have missed you last time, you know? But just let people know that you're glad that they're here. By the way, sometimes there might be a, somebody that, um, and our ushers are usually pretty good about this, but somebody might not have got a connection card or something. You ought to ask them, hey, did, did our ushers give you a connection card? Um, you know, if not, help them get one. You say, well, that's the usher's job. Well, it's actually everybody's job. That's our job. We're the church. The usher's there to try to help. But, you know, look, and I don't know if you've noticed, um, but the Lord's, <laughs> uh, the Lord's been good. The Lord's been blessed our church. And even just since we moved into this building, um, it seems like every service we're having to set up chairs in the back. And that's, that's a good problem to have. But, but when you get that many people, sometimes people can get overlooked, right? And that's something we never want to have happen. We never want anybody to be overlooked. Uh, we always want a visitor uh, to know that they're welcome here. And, uh, and so just, you know, take, take that moment, you know. Um, look around you, uh, see if there's somebody there that you don't recognize. And, and even if you go up to them and they say, yeah, I've been coming for, uh, for a month now. Well, great. Introduce yourself to them. Get to know them. Talk to them. Find out who they are. Um, you know, that's, that's important. It, it, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, um, you know, sometimes uh, churches can, uh, can I say, are, are more into numbers uh, and want to see that, you know, if we can grow and we can grow to be, you know, if, if we can get to be 200, then the next step is to get to be 350. And if we can get to be 350, then we can get 500. And if we can be 500, then we can get 750. We can get 750, we can get 1,000. You know, that's just never been me. That's just, that's never been me. 
Um, I'm glad to see the church grow. I, I praise the Lord for that. Um, but I've never been one that'd be like, man, I can't wait till our church is a thousand people. I'd, I'd have a hard time remembering a thousand people's names. I mean, you saw me this morning. I almost forgot Holly's name. You know, I mean, that's like, man, I, I know, I know who she is. I, I, I've seen her. She's been coming. I, I know her. And uh, but it's just like, you know, um, and so you know, hey, even if you don't know who somebody is, you're like, I just don't know who that person is. Go introduce yourself to them, right? Uh, welcome them. I don't know how I got off on that, but um, I had that written down to just and. Um, just, just welcome them, right? So we had 71 first-time visitors, 28 people that got saved this past year. We had uh, nine that finished our discipleship program. We thank God for that. They went through our discipleship program. And, uh, and then some of them even joined the church and things. You saw some of that this morning. And we praise God for, for those that joined. Um, last year, we had eight that followed the Lord in believer's baptism. I believe there was more than that. Um, uh, I believe it was almost double that. But we... we um, we lost the, the pictures of the one baptism, and so we didn't really remember how many got baptized at that one baptism. And so um, it was more than that, but that's at least what we had uh, the number for. But we had several that got baptized, and, uh, and we thank God for that. Uh, last year, we had seven new members in the church. Uh, seven new people uh, joined our church last year. Uh, boy, already, we've already beat that this year already, and it's only two weeks, three weeks in, all right? Um, but we thank God for those that have joined the church um, in, uh, in 2022, our goal for missions giving uh, was right around $108,000 for missions, and uh, we ended up giving over $109,000 that was given to missions. And uh, again, we just, that's, that's just the goodness of God, uh, because right along with that, we, had, um, we were trying to raise money for our building fund, and um, you really before... Uh, before about a year and a half ago, we didn't really have a building fund per se. I mean, we took, uh, we took a percentage out of, of our offerings that we would set aside for maintenance and things like that, but we didn't really have a building fund. And, uh, and so, you know, last December or December of 2021, we said, hey, we better start with a building fund and, and start raising some money for a building. And and uh, last year, we presented around this time the, the Nehemiah Project, and our, we wanted to raise $120,000 uh, in the year to be able to put towards a building fund. And, uh, and again, God just continued to bless not only last um, December, that first time that we raised, uh, we raised some money. I think it was over $80,000 we raised. And then this year, the Lord's blessed, and, and we raised over uh, almost $116,000 in, uh, in our building fund this year. So uh, just, just think about that, right? I mean, not only did we give over $100,000 to missions, but also $100,000 to our building fund. And, uh, and God's just continued to bless. Uh, God's just continued to see uh, the Lord bless in these areas. Um, and then this is what this is what I really love, and this is where really kind of our um, our, our focus is tonight is um, in all of the different ministries and things. And uh, as much as we can figure out when we think of the different ministries that we have, whether it's children's ministries or uh, whether it's um, uh, the ushers or the safety or the teen ministries or cleaning ministries or whatever any any type of ministries. Uh, we have about 87 people that volunteer uh, to serve in our church here. And uh, that, that is a blessing um, because here's the thing. Without those 87 people volunteering to, to serve and to minister, we wouldn't have a children's ministry. We wouldn't have a children's ministry, right? Um, there, there wouldn't be a teen ministry. 
Okay? Um, you'd be coming to a dirty church because we wouldn't have a, uh, we wouldn't have a cleaning. We didn't have people to come in and clean. Uh, we wouldn't have ushers that help people find the seats and get the connection cards and take up the offering. Uh, we wouldn't have those people if we didn't have uh, people that are will- willing to volunteer uh, and to serve in the church. Uh, and so that's a blessing to be able to see those, uh, that number. Now, I will say this, and this is one of the reasons why we're having the, the recruitment night uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, we need more people to volunteer. Uh, we need more people to serve. Um, again, as the church continues to grow, that means we need more people willing to, to be a volunteer and to serve. Um, and, uh, and so don't, don't wait and be like, well, you know, at recruitment night, that's when I'll, I'll see if I can jump in somewhere. Hey, if you know there's a place you can jump in, jump in now. Right, just just jump in right right here right now uh, tonight. Say, hey, pastor, what can I do to serve? Where can I be a part of? Can I help in the children's ministry? Can I help uh, in the cleaning ministry? Can I help with the ushers? Can I help? Whatever it is, just hey, let me just jump in now um, because again, we we need those people. And here's uh, again, this is just something that it, it's just amazing to see how how God is blessed. Um, a year ago, we were starting. Um, and we started our double services Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock and then the turn 30 service. And we were doing our Sunday school in the evening because of that. And, and we were like, you know, we, we really need uh, a building. And uh, we were looking at a building and many of us went to a specific building. We even prayed about that building and said, Lord, if this is your will for us to get this building, would you give it to us? And what did God say? No. God said, no, this isn't the building for you, right? And, uh, and then we were like, all right, Lord, you know, if that's not the building, you know, maybe, maybe there's something somewhere else. And so we started to look at another piece of land. And when we were starting to look at that piece of land, then we started looking at another building as well. And we just started to, to look and say, all right, Lord, what, what do you have for us? And uh, I'm glad that God knows more than we know. Isn't that great? God knows a whole lot more than we know. And uh, unbeknownst to us and whatever God was, was doing all in the background. And um, now we weren't just sitting back saying, God, you're just going to have to give it to us. You know, we were, we were trying. We were, we were looking. We were stepping out by faith and trying to see what we could do and starting to raise money for our building fund. So knowing that we we're going to have to do that. But, uh, but boy, those double services at 9 o'clock and 1030. And uh, I just wasn't a big fan of that, you know. Uh, I know some of you really like coming early, so you'd be like, hey, we can get there early, and uh, you know, and if he messes up the first service, maybe we can come back and listen to it, get it right the second time or something. Now you just, one and done, that's it, no, no more. Um, I wish they could like edit it you know, so that after it's, you know, we could put on live stream and they can just fix all the mistakes that I make, and that way it's all right, this, but they don't do that, so we're going to have to talk to Shane about that. Um, but uh, no, but you know, and so God just re- really began to bless. And then in June, we were approached about this property here in this building and, and uh, God just began to work. And we weren't thinking that, let's be honest, we weren't even thinking that we'd be able to start anything about, uh, you know, even possibility of even starting things and being able to move in probably until after January, looking at February, March. And then God bless, we're able to start in, in early part of December and, and all through December we've been able to meet and now in January and uh, things are moving forward with uh, some renovations and things. And, and like I said, I mean, um, somebody came up, I think it was this morning and even somebody a week ago or something like that came up and they said, Pastor, have you realized that we haven't really even fully gotten to this building and we're already running out of space? <laughs> I don't, that's a great thing to hear, but I don't know if I want to hear that right now. <laughs> um, but it is a good thing. Um, and obviously, the more as we get more space, I think we'll have more room and things. But um, we're already filling it, and, and that's that's to the glory of God. That's 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 God. Um, and so here's the thing: just like 
you know, when we had those young people up here a moment ago, we had Kylie, and uh, she said John 3.16. And it was great. She said it word for word. She said it perfectly. I heard her. It was wonderful. She just has that sweet little voice, and she's quoting John 3.16. And it was great. But here's the thing. Many of you weren't blessed by it. Those on live stream, they weren't blessed by it because they didn't get to hear her. They didn't get to hear her because we didn't have a mic on her. But then when they all said it, even without the microphone, everybody got to hear it. Everybody heard it. I mean, the people, I mean, the people in the back, the people in the foyer, I mean, they all heard them say that. Why? Because there's strength in numbers. And when there is more people involved, more is able to get done. More is able to get done when there's more people involved. And that's why there's, there's strength in numbers. More gets done. When there's strength in numbers, we receive support and encouragement. Think about what he says here in verse number 10. He, he, again, he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. In other words, they're working together. There's more getting done. They have a good reward for their labor. There's several that's working, and so more is being accomplished. But then he says in verse number 10, For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Look, I feel sorry for people that don't have a good church to attend. I feel sorry for Christians that don't have a good church to attend. Um, I feel sorry for Christians that think they don't need, uh, that they don't need a church. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture says you need it because that's, that's, your, that's your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is what he says. He says, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. There's, there's, there's support. There's encouragement there. Man, we're, we're able to pray for one another. Man, what a blessing yesterday was at the, at the men's prayer breakfast to be able to hear some of the, the, the prayer requests that were being made. And then men right there praying for those prayer requests and, and encouraging and supporting one another. Man, if somebody falls, he says, if you're all alone, there's nobody to help you up. But when you're with a group, when you're with somebody else, there's somebody there to encourage you. There's somebody there to support you and help you back up. And that's why he says, woe to him that is alone. Woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he hath not another to help him up. I'm so thankful that we have folks in this church that are willing to just pitch in and help wherever it's needed. I mean, we have, we have some folks that are retired, and, and you know what? They've worked... Uh, they've worked all their lives and they've retired and they've earned that retirement. And you know what? When we've said, hey, there's some stuff that needs to be done here. We have, we have several retired folks that, man, they're here working. Nobody, they're not being paid to. They're, they're just coming to work and, and serve the Lord. Man, what a blessing that is. What a blessing. Others have said, hey, I can't come you know, during work hours, but I could come after work or I could come on a Saturday or whatever it might be. Man, praise the Lord for that. There, there's, there's strength in numbers. There's encouragement. There's support that is there. Think about this. Um, I was thinking about just some scriptural examples about that. You think about Gideon. God comes to Gideon and he says, hey, you're going to go out and defeat the Midianites. And Gideon says, me? By myself? God says, no, you're not going to be by yourself, Gideon. There's going to be some others that are going to go with you. You ever think about this? If Gideon would have not have had those other men with him, those other 300, he would have never been able to defeat the Midianites. 
He'd never been able to defeat the Midianites. Why? Because all those men, each of them had to have a, uh, had to have a, a, a torch, and each of them had to have that, that, uh, that uh, pot that was over it, and they all had to go out and encircle the camp. If, if Gideon would have been out there all by himself with one torch and one pot, and he would have broken that, oh, the, here's Gideon. You know what would have happened to Gideon? He'd have been a dead man. But when all of those men began to get behind Gideon and said, hey, Gideon, hey, we're going to do that. We're going to work together. And they followed his instructions. They all surrounded the camp and they broke those pitchers and those, uh, those uh, torches flared up and, and they started shouting. And man, what happened? God began to do something great because there's strength in numbers. You know what's really great about that story? They didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was break a pitcher. Guys, we're pretty good at that, right? We could have done that easily, right? That's why you had guys do it, not ladies. They'd be like, no, don't break this pitcher. It's so beautiful. We, don't, we can put that in the cupboard. And Guys just like, break it, you know? Give me the hammer, right? And break the pitcher, the torch flares, and God gets the victory. God did that. What about David? David and his 30 mighty men. The victories that were won, not by David's hand, but by those 30 men. The battles that they faced. Why? There's strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. Even when David is almost about to be killed by one of the giants that's after him, it was one of his men that came and encouraged him and strengthened him and fought for him and ended up defeating the giant for him. There's strength in numbers. What about the apostles? Isn't it interesting? Jesus didn't just choose one man, he chose 12 men. There was 12. 12 of them. And even when he sent them out, notice Jesus never sent them out alone. He always sent them out two by two because there's strength in numbers. Because just like, just like Solomon says here, he says, Woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. I have to say this. I am very thankful that I'm part of a church that if I ever needed men to pray for me and said, Hey, I'm going through something. Would you pray for me? I know that there are men and women and teenagers and young people in this church, they'd be praying right away. They'd be praying right away. I know that if there's times and people have maybe difficulties going on in their life and we can say, hey, this person has a need. Man, this church comes together and helps and tries to meet that need as, as much as possible. Why? There's strength in numbers. There's encouragement. There's support there. That's what happens when you're, when you're part of that group. That's why he says, woe unto him that is alone. Look, that's why I say, man, I, I encourage the men th this on, on um, Saturday, yesterday. Man, was that yesterday? Whew. Seems like a long time ago. Uh, that was just yesterday morning. Um, I encourage the men, man, be faithful to church. Be faithful to the house of God. Because you don't understand how you being there encourages someone else. Your faithfulness is an encouragement to other people. You say, nobody notices whether I'm here or not. Yes, they do. They do notice that, and, and we want to be an encouragement to them. We want to help them because th think about this. Think about it's, what it's like being alone. Alone. Nobody there to turn to. We say, well, we've, we've got God. Well, I understand that. I understand we have God, but I'm sure glad God didn't just make Adam in the garden. Praise the Lord for that. I'm glad he made Eve too, right? Yeah. 
And think about this. It's God says, yes, I'm going to be with you, but there's strength in numbers. When you're with others, man, it brings support, brings encouragement. You know what happens when you get alone? You get discouraged. You get depressed. You get down. What happened with Elijah? Very, really, really interesting story. Elijah's always been one of my um, um, favorite characters of the Bible because of just how God used him. And in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18, of course, we know Elijah goes to Ahab and he says it's not going to rain and it doesn't rain for over three years. And, and God provides for Elijah through the ravens and the brook Cherit and then through the wood of Zarephath. And, and all this time, God's providing for him. And then he, he brings them to Mount Carmel and in chapter 18. And man, God does another miraculous thing there. And, uh, and he, Elijah calls down fire from heaven after he's just soaked the altar with 12 barrels of water. I mean, it hasn't rained for three and a half years and he's pouring water on these bar- on this this altar and and he just prays and God sends fire down from heaven the the prophets of Baal they couldn't do anything they're cutting themselves they're they're shouting they're they're calling on Baal nothing happens for hours and hours and hours and Elijah just kneels down and he prays and God sends the fire and and then he tells Elijah he says hey uh, tell tell Ahab and everybody to get out of here because it's going to rain and God sends this this ter- uh, this torrential rain and it, it comes down I mean man I mean just all that God is done boom 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 and then what happens Jezebel says I'm gonna kill him well look at all that God had just done I mean God had kept Elijah safe for over three and a half years I mean he did there's there's a famine for three and a half years and God had provided for him but as soon as Ahab heard that Jezebel said she was gonna kill him he took off he ran for his life and he runs, and finally we come to, uh, if, you, if you turn over there real quick, it's in 1 Kings chapter 19. It's really interesting what he says. In 1 Kings chapter 19, First Kings chapter 19, notice in verse number 3, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness. There he is all alone. He came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. Wait a minute. This is the great prophet Elijah? The great prophet Elijah? That just had... Man, for three and a half years, he's done these, God has used him to do miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And then all of a sudden now he gets away, he's all by himself and he says, I just want to die. God, just kill me. Yeah. Great prophet Elijah. He was alone. He started having a little pity party for himself. Let's be honest. We've all done that too. Poor us, poor me, nobody, nobody cares about me, nobody knows what I'm going through. We've all done it, right? Every one of us has. Well, they don't care about me, oh, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to go, and they're not going to care if I'm there or not anyway. By the way, all of those are lies of the devil. It's all lies of the devil. Don't listen to the devil, right? That's what Elijah's. he's listening to the lies of the devil, he says, He requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life or I am not better than my father's. He said, just kill me now, God. Just kill me now. What was his problem? We'll look down to verse number nine. And he came hither unto the cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts. God, I've been serving you. I've been been jealous for you. 
For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets. Lord, this is what they've all done. And then what does he say? And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. God, I've been faithful. I've been serving you. I've been giving. I've been, I've been going to church. I've been reading my Bible. I've been doing this. And, and look at all the problems that I'm having. Poor me. Who became the focus? Elijah did. Elijah became the focus of his own problems. God, I've been zealous for you. I've been the one that's faithful. I've been the one doing this. I mean, even though I know that Israel has slain the prophets, I was willing to be a prophet. I've been willing to be used by you, God, even knowing my life is at stake. But what is it worth? Just kill me now, God. I mean, there's nobody else serving you. There's nobody else doing anything. It's just me. Just me all by myself. Just kill me, God. You ever had one of those times before? Here's the thing. God knows more than you know. God knows more than you know. Look at verse number 18. God speaks to Elijah and he said, Yet have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. God says, Elijah, get up. Get up. You think it's only you? You think you're the only one that's serving me? You think you're the only one that's worried about what, what's going to happen? There, I've got 7,000, Elijah. 7,000 more who haven't bowed the knee. There's 7,000 that haven't yielded to, to Ahab and Jezebel. i got 7,000 others that are doing the same thing you're doing, Elijah. You're not the only one. Get up. Quit having a pity party. Quit thinking it's all about you, Elijah. After all, whose prophet are you anyway? Are you your prophet or are you my prophet? See, Elijah got discouraged because he was alone. And we got alone, he said, God, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. Just, just kill me. Woe unto him that falleth alone. Can I tell you, Paul got discouraged. Paul got discouraged. You read in 2 Timothy, Paul says, no man stood with me. Everybody's forsaken me. Some I've sent on missionary journeys, but I'm here all by myself. I'm all alone, Timothy. And I think when you read that, you can read a little bit of the discouragement in Paul's tone. Nobody stood with me. I'm all by myself. Now, he says, the Lord stood with me. But you know what he says? Timothy, I'd sure like for you to come. Timothy, would you come? When you come, could you bring some stuff for me? I'd still, I'd sure like to see you, Timothy. You say, well, Paul didn't have a choice. He was in prison. Well, that's true. He was in prison, but it'd have been nice to be around some other people. Because when we're all alone, we get discouraged. There, we don't, we're not able to get that encouragement. We're not able to get that, um, uh, that, that, uh, that support that we need. That's why it's so important that as a, as a church, man, you ought, to, you ought to determine, hey, I'm going to be in the house of God for nothing else. Even, you know what? Pastor gets up there and he talks and there's sometimes I don't get anything out of it. That's okay. I'm good with that. You know what? We sing and sometimes, you know, I, my heart's just not in it. I know we're singing right, but be here anyway. Because you being here is going to be an encouragement to somebody else and you have no idea what just you being here could do in somebody else's life. And by the way, I think if you're here, you'll get something out of it too. But again, we just, we start listening to the lies of the devil. I don't, you know, I don't need that. 
you know, they're just going to sing songs that I already know, and he's probably going to preach something I've already heard before, and, you know, I just, you know, it'd just be easier to stay home. Well, it probably would be easier to stay home alone. And when you get alone, you start feeling down, you start feeling discouraged, you start feeling depressed, you start thinking nobody cares about you. Wait a minute, get back to the house of God. Get back in church. Get back around people that, that care about you. Get back around here. Get, be an encouragement to somebody else. And when you're here, guess what? Other people get to be an encouragement to you. You see, and there's strength in numbers. We receive support. We receive encouragement. But may I say, thirdly, very quickly, we receive strength. Go back to Ecclesiastes with me. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, watch what he says in verse number 12. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold, threefold cord, that's a hard word to say, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Some of you know my brothers. Some of you wish you didn't know my brothers. <laughs> my oldest brother, Keith, is six foot three. I know, I know. You don't have to laugh about it. Come on. <laughs> he's six foot three. And he thinks that, uh, you know, because he's a little bit bigger than Matt and I, Matt's a little bit bigger than me too. Matt's, I think Matt's almost six foot, I think, something like that. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> God, just got That's right. Amen. I like that. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so my brother, of course, when I was younger, they were a lot older and older teenagers, and I was just a little shrimp, and they didn't really care about me at all. Um, but as we became adults, um, you know, guys liked a rough house, and uh We'd get together in Uganda as missionaries. We'd get together, and normally it was at mom and dad's house. Mom really appreciated this. And, um, you know, undoubtedly, you know, somebody would make a smart comment, and, you know, the three brothers are going to start roughhousing and things like this. The problem was, I knew I was the smallest. Hey. <laughs> Rude. What in the world? I knew I couldn't take my brother on by myself. Although there were times that I tried. We won't go into those times. But I began to realize if I was ever going to be able to get Keith down, I needed some help. And so Matt and I formed this alliance. And whenever we started roughhousing, it wasn't me against Matt wasn't Matt against me and Keith, and it was Matt and I against Keith. And uh, we'd start roughhousing, and Matt would get up on top, and I'd take him down from the bottom. Or Matt would take him from the bottom, and I'd take him from the top. And my brother Keith, he's, he started, he nicknamed us the Raptor Brothers. He says, you're like little raptors, you know? You're like, come on every side, you know? You're like a little... And, uh, but you know what we found out? 
Matt and I could take him down. If we worked together, we'd get him down. Now, we may not be able to keep him down long, <laughs> but we could get him down if we worked together. There's strength in numbers. Think about what he says. He says, if one prevail against him, that was me and Keith. Keith was prevailing against me. But what does he say? Two shall withstand him. That was Matt and I. I hope you're listening to this, Keith. (laughs) We, We were able to withstand him because there was two of us, and there was only one of him. And watch what he says. And a threefold cord, threefold cord. I hate that phrase, goodness. A threefold cord. You say that five times and see if you can do any better, right? A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now think about this. Now watch. Did you, did you notice the progression? Did you see the progression? One person, and then two, and then what? And then three. Now if a threefold cord is not quickly broken, what about four? What about five? What about six? What about seven? What about eight? What about nine? What about 10? What about 20? What about 50? What about 60? What about 80? What about 100? What about 150? You think about how strong that cord begins to become. You can be alone. But when we're together, we're a lot stronger. When we work, we work together, more can be done. When we work together, man, I'm telling you, there's, there's encouragement, there's support there, there's strength. So I want to encourage you. This year, don't think that you can do it alone. Don't think you can do it alone. No matter what it is, don't think you can do it alone. I found this story very interesting. There's a man by the name of Stu Weber. Um, He was an army ranger. He was a Green Beret in the Vietnam War. And he writes about his experience during the training school of the army rangers. He says they were running in full full field uniform, loaded packs, helmets, boots, and rifles. The work, 70 pounds. As usual, he says, the word was, you go out together, you stick together, and you come home together. It's a good motto. He said, miles they ran, then more miles, over hills, through the bushes and pine. Somewhere along the way, though, through a fog of pain, thirst, and fatigue, Weber realized something was wrong. Two rows ahead, one of the guys was out of sync. A big redhead named Sanderson. His legs were pumping, but he was out of step with the rest. Then his head began to roll from side to side. The guy was close to losing it. Without missing a step, the ranger on Sanderson's right reached over and took the man's rifle. Now, one of the rangers was packing two weapons, his and Sanderson's. The big redhead did better for a while, but the platoon kept moving. Then his head began to sway again. This time, the ranger on his left reached over and removed Sanderson's helmet, tucked it under his own arm, and continued to run. 
Boots thudded along the trail. Sanderson was hurting. He was buckling, going down. But two soldiers behind him lifted the pack off his back, each taking a shoulder strap in his free hand. Sanderson gathered his strength, squared his shoulders, and the platoon continued on all the way to the finish. They left together, they worked together, and they finished together. Strength in numbers. We started together. We want to work together this year. We want to work as a body of believers to fulfill the cause of Jesus Christ. We want to finish together. We want to finish strong. We want to finish for the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, when is the finish going to be over? I don't know. I don't know. But I know one thing. Right now, the Lord has given us 2023. I don't know how much of 2023 he's given us. We may get the whole thing. We may only get three quarters. We may only get half. I don't know. But I know this. I want to finish strong. And I know as a body of believers, there's strength in numbers. And if you'll determine this year, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be involved so that more can be done. I'm going to be there so that I can be an encouragement to somebody else or that, man, I need that encouragement as well. Just to be able to be encouraged by brothers and sisters in Christ, man, whether it's at the men's prayer breakfast or the ladies of faith or, or Sunday school or church or work day or whatever it might be, man, I'm going to be there because I need that encouragement. I need that support. Don't be alone because there's strength in numbers. You can be alone, and you can try to win that battle by yourself. But nine times out of ten, it's not going to work well. There's strength in numbers. Two, three chord, four chord, five chord. Get stronger and stronger and stronger. Let's work together this year. Say, Lord, by your grace, by your help, we're going to work strong we're going to finish strong. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in this area. Lord, it's so easy to listen to the lie of the devil and just think we can do it on our, on our own. We don't need anybody. And what happens? We get alone. We get discouraged. We get defeated. There's no encouragement, there's no support, there's no strength. And many times, like Elijah, we just sit down and say, what's the point? Lord, help us not to get that way. Lord, help us to realize there is strength in numbers. And Lord, as a body of believers, we want to be strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Lord, what could you do? Lord, what a blessing. What, 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 the glory belongs to you for what you've done through this church this past year in 2022. But Lord, how much more could you do through us if we would just grow stronger in you and stronger together as a body of believers? Lord, would you help us in this? I wonder with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, nobody looking about tonight.